Everybody's gone. Wow, okay. <laughs> Maybe some will come back. Okay, yes, good morning uh, for, uh, for the visitors. Yes, I'm, uh, my name is Andrew and I'm one of the uh, leadership team here. And so we're starting, starting this week a series, as Phyllis said, looking at the life of Joseph, lessons from the life of Joseph, under the heading, God meant it for good. God meant it for good. I don't know about you, I guess the answer to this is going to be unequivocally yes, although you probably won't uh, shout it out. But I was going to ask you, have you ever boasted about anything? Have you ever told people how good you were at something, or how much, how something that you'd achieved? Anybody who uses uh, social media will know that it seems that social media has a lot to do with boasting about who we are, but uh, that's why I don't use it, because I've got nothing to boast about, but anyway. Secondly, have you ever been jealous of anybody who has boasted about, or who has things that you would want, things that you wish were yours, but they seem to have much more, or they've got the personality, the looks, or whatever it is? And the answer, of course, is yes, because... The truth is, at times, we all have and do boast, sometimes very subtly, of course, as adults, not as open as kids might be. And the truth is, sometimes we are jealous of others and what they have. And, of course, the root of both of those things is our pride. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph, because both of those things apply in our story this morning. So what can I tell you about Joseph? All right, well, Joseph, for a start off, was from a different nationality, people group, from the people that lived around his family. Because his great-grandfather, who was Abraham, you know, had been told to leave where he lived, which is quite a way over in Babylon area, and come to a land that God had prepared for him in Canaan. And so Joseph and his family were different to the families round about them. Also, they worshipped the one God, And the families and the nations, the people around them, they worshipped many other gods. So he and his family were quite different. They lived in tents. So those of you who like camping, um, some away at Hill House this week, they lived in tents and uh, they were shepherds, had huge flocks of sheep. Joseph's own family, of course, was quite an interesting family, wasn't it? You know he had 11 brothers, he was one of 12, we don't know how many sisters they had. They had one father, but they had four mothers. Quite an unusual, we might say, that sounds a slightly dysfunctional sort of situation, doesn't it? One father, but four mothers. And he had ten brothers of the three other mothers, who were quite a bit older than him. And he had one younger brother. And when we begin to read the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, we will be reading some of it later on, we see that Joseph at this stage was 17 years old. 17 years old. One or two of you might be able to relate to that. Obviously, I can't at all anymore. But, uh, and, uh, and we read that his brothers were unhappy because he was better treated They thought he'd got the best option. Now, if there's any younger brothers here, well, actually, if there's any older brothers or sisters, you'll know that the younger ones always get the best deal, don't they? eh? That's that's true. 
I definitely felt that my younger brother had a much better, easier life than, than I'd had. I'm sure that he didn't get smacked anywhere near as much as I did. There may be other reasons for that, I don't know. But, but yeah, the younger ones, I think, sometimes get the better deal. And there's no doubt that Joseph's older brothers thought that this younger brother, much younger brother, was being, uh, getting the better deal. He was being spoiled by his dad. And in the beginning of chapter 37, we realize that... Um, Let's have a look at Joseph, by the way. There he is. Got a happy, happy guy. We realize that Joseph was not helped, uh, didn't help himself, because Joseph told tales <gasps> on his big brothers. You know, that generally doesn't go down well, is it? What do you think they thought about that? Oh, look, there he is. He thinks he's such a wonderful guy, doesn't he? He gets it all right. He never does anything wrong. His brothers weren't too impressed with that. Yeah. They didn't like that very much at all. And there's no doubt that Joseph was the favorite son. Because the one thing we know about Joseph, though, is that he had an amazing Technicolor dream coat. Well, we don't actually know what he had, but he had something that marked him out as special. Right? He was, he was the favorite son of the father. That is absolutely clear. The father treated Joseph Better, and he gave him something that marked him out as being special. And Joseph thought he was so cool, wearing whatever his father had given him. What about the brothers? What do you think they thought about this? Do you think they were pleased? Do you think they were impressed? No. All ten of them now were definitely very unimpressed at the way the father was treating the favorite son. And... Uh, it says in Genesis 37, they hated him so much that they would not speak to him in a friendly manner. I think that means that they were rude and nasty to him. They didn't have anything good to say about young Joseph. Now, what do you do if you've got big brothers, or not need to be brothers, could be people. If there are people that are bigger and stronger than you, who don't like you, and you've already upset, what do you do? You keep quiet, yeah, you, you avoid them. You don't, you, don't, you don't look to antagonize those people that are bigger and stronger than you, do you? you? You keep out of their way. You don't do anything that's going to make it worse, do you? And what do you think Joseph did? He made it a darn sight worse. You see, one night, there he is, sleeping happily, and he has a dream. He has a dream. And it's a lovely dream. It's not, it's not one of those, it's a, it's a very special dream. You've all heard about the sort of dreams, you know, where the, the guy is, is eating a huge giant marshmallow and he wakes up in the morning and he finds that his pillows half disappeared. It's not that sort of dream. This is a very definite, special dream. Actually, it is a God dream. God gave him this dream. And in the dream... First dream, he dreamt about sheaves of corn growing. And, when, and there was one sheaf of corn for him, and there was one sheaf of corn for all his brothers. And in the dream, when his sheaf of corn stood up, nice and tall and big, what happened? The brothers' sheaves all bowed down to his brothers. Now, if Joseph had been wise, he might have kept this dream to himself. But what do you think he did? He went and told his brothers the dream. And how do you think they reacted? 
Man, were they angry now. Boy, this really got them going. So they said, what, Joseph? You think, you think little you are gonna, you're gonna be the, gonna be the king, you're gonna rule over us and we're all gonna bow down to you? Is that what you think, Joseph? Well, let's, let us tell you something. You've got something coming to you, Joseph, and it isn't gonna be anything like your dream. They were really very, very upset about it all. And you know what? Joseph had another dream. <laughs> this time, there were lots of stars. In fact, there were 11 stars. That's interesting because he got 11 brothers, didn't he? 11 stars and the sun and the moon. And they all bowed down to Joseph. You'd think after his last experience, he definitely would keep his mouth shut this time. But he didn't. This time, he went and told his dad. And his dad was not very impressed either. His dad told him off. He said, what? You know, and this is in a culture where the elderly and the parents are to be respected, not quite like our culture at times. He said, do you think, Joseph, that I'm going to bow down to you? Is that what you're saying? And he told him off. But he also says that he did stop and think about it. He did consider these things, and he wondered what it was all about. I mean, was this dream from God? What did it mean? The brothers, they are as angry as you can get when they hear about it. And we're now going to pick up the story from Genesis chapter 37, verse 12. So if you want to follow it in your Bibles, I'm reading from the Good News Bible today. Okay, one day when Joseph's brothers had gone to Shechem to take care of their father's flock, Jacob, that's the father, said to Joseph, I want you to go to Shechem where your brothers are taking care of the flock. And Joseph answered, I'm ready. His father said, go and see if your brothers are safe. And if the flock is all right, then come back and tell me. So his father sent him on his way. And then jump into the second half of verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and he found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted against him and decided to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him. Throw his body into one of these dry wells. We can say that a wild animal killed him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Reuben, that's the oldest brother, heard them, and he tried to save Joseph. He said, let's not kill him, he said. Just throw him into this well in the wilderness, but don't hurt him. And he said this because he was planning to save him from them and send him back to his father. When Joseph came up to his brothers, they stripped him of his long robe with full sleeves, and then they took him and threw him into the well, which was dry. But while they were eating, they suddenly saw a group of Ishmaelites traveling from Gilead to Egypt. Their camels were loaded with spices and resins. And Judah said to his brothers, oh, what will we gain by killing our brother and covering up his murder? Let's sell him to these Ishmaelites. Then we won't have to hurt him. After all, he is our brother, our own, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. And when some Midianite traders came by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the well and sold him for... 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. 
When Reuben came back to the well and found that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes in sorrow. And he turned to his brothers and said, The boy's not there. What am I going to do? And then they killed a goat and dipped Joseph's robe in the blood. And they took the robe back to the father and said, We found this. Uh, Does this belong to your son? Uh, The father recognized it and said, Yes, it is. Some wild animal has killed him. My son Joseph has been torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes in sorrow and put on sackcloth. And he mourned for his son a long time. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, I will go down to the world of the dead still mourning for my son. And so he continued to mourn for his son Joseph. Meanwhile, in Egypt, the Midianites had sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of the king's officers, who was the captain of the palace guard. They planned to kill him. Reuben was going to try and intervene, but then sold as a slave. We read later on, 20 years more, more than 20 years later, we read that these brothers never forgot that day. They record how Joseph had pleaded for his life. He pleaded with them, don't do it, don't sell me. And they wouldn't listen. They never forgot that moment. They never forgot what they'd done. And Joseph ends up as a slave in Egypt, far, far away. No longer the favorite son, now just a servant. You see, the brothers had a plan. They had a plan. They didn't like Joseph. They didn't like what he was, they didn't like his, what they saw as boasting, his favoritism. They wanted to get rid of him. They didn't murder him, but they sold him not knowing what would happen. They didn't know, of course, whether he would live or what would happen in Egypt. It was a terrible plan. Terrible results for them. They had to live with a dad who thought that his favorite son was dead. They had to live every day with that father. And that father never forgot this son. And they saw what it did to their dad. And it was terrible. So it was terrible for them. And it was certainly terrible for their father. He mourned. He never got over it. He was broken hearted. You could say it ruined his life. Consequences were terrible for him. But it was also terrible, wasn't it, for Joseph? Favorite son in a wealthy family, now being a slave, who has to do just what he's told to do. In a foreign country where they worshipped many other gods, spoke a different language, here he was. You might have said, you know, where are you, God? Where are you? I thought those dreams were from you. I thought somehow I was going to be important. And now here I am, I'm a slave in Egypt. What about the promises you made to my grandfather, great-grandfather Abraham, that you were going to give him a land and through him you were going to bless the whole world? I mean, do you have a plan, God? Because if you do, I can't see what it is. It was terrible. 
the brother's plan was terrible altogether. But the truth is that God has a plan. God has a plan. And God's view is much bigger than Joseph's view, or his brother's view, or Joseph's family view, or our view. God sees things much, much bigger. And God had a plan. He had a plan for Joseph's family. He had a really big plan for one of the brothers, in, in a sense, uh, from, for, 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 for Judah. Because who was a direct descendant of Judah? Jesus. God had a plan for Joseph's family. A plan that needed Joseph to be in Egypt. A plan that would be for their deliverances. Because God's promises to Abraham would come true. Because God is a faithful God. Whatever he promises will happen. Will happen because God is in charge of all things. And God was going to be faithful to this family, even though it was a dysfunctional family. And even though the brothers didn't deserve it, God was faithful to this family. Because that's what he'd promised to be. He had a plan for Joseph, didn't he? We're going to read about that. You're going to hear about, come, do come the next four weeks. Because we're going to see how God's plan works out in the life of Joseph. And it is absolutely amazing. Those dreams would come true. But, um, but it was not just for Joseph to do something. He had a plan for Joseph to become someone. Someone that he could use. Someone that would learn to trust him. However bleak and however dark and however difficult the circumstances, he wanted Joseph to come to trust that God was God and that he was sovereign and that he was all-loving and that he was faithful. He, wanted, he needed Joseph to come to that, to realize that was true. He had a plan for Joseph. And he needed that Joseph needed to learn humility. He needed to learn to listen and not just to speak and perhaps say the wrong things at the right time. God disciplines for our good, and that's what we read about in Hebrews. But he had a plan for the world. You see, um, Joseph's brothers had a plan, and they carried out their plan. But God's plan was much, much bigger than their little plan. I mean, their plan was bad, and God's plan was wonderfully good. He has a plan for us. God's plan is wonderfully good. And God's plan trumps Joseph's brother's bad plan. You see that? Their bad plan is trumped by God's great plan. Great and good plan. And a plan that also includes us. You see, the plan, God's plan, was to say was not just to save the world then. Millions were saved, going to be saved by Joseph's actions later on in the story. But God's plan is for the whole world, for all people of all time. And through this family, of course, as we know, would come the Lord Jesus. And his plan was that the world would be saved, that all would have the opportunity of coming to know him. This is God's plan for us. 
is reading from, oh, I've lost it off the bottom of the screen, or off, off the bottom of my slide. We know that in all things God works for good with those who love him, those whom he has called according to his purpose, those God, whom God has already chosen, he also set apart to become what? To become what? Not the children, well, it depends which translation you are. To become like his son. That's God's plan. God's plan is a good plan. And it is for all who love him. And his plan for those who love him is this. To become like his son. Sorry about my slides. To become like his son. And God wants us has things for us to do. God has things that he wants. God has got special purposes in a sense for us. He has, no, he has no favorites. All of us are included in God's grace or have the opportunity of responding to his grace. But God works for good in all things. And that can include things which at the time, just like for Joseph, they don't look good at all. When Joseph is a slave in Egypt, things do not look good. But the thing is, this was still true. Joseph didn't know it, but that God was working for good in Joseph's life. And he was going to make Joseph into the person that he could use to achieve wonderful things. Oh, I shouldn't say, whoa. My slides have gone completely wrong. I didn't look at this. I'm sure I checked them before coming in. It shouldn't say, whoa. It should say, wow. God has got a plan. <laughs> You'll remember that slide, if nothing else, okay? God has got a plan for us, and it's a wow plan. It is a wonderful plan. And uh, just to finish the story, a true story. There was a guy, a young guy, and in his village there lived a man who was a sculptor. Do you know sculptors, they make things out of, with chisels, don't they? out of rock or whatever else. There lived a sculptor. And the, the, the boy... Um, as, as recorded, this lad went to the sculptor and he said to the sculptor, he said, this sculptor got a huge block of marble. And uh, the sculptor was, didn't, wasn't very well off he, and he put this block of marble in his shed and one day the little boy saw the sculptor going into his shed and he went and he said to the sculptor, he said, what have you got, why have you got that huge block of rock, as he saw it, in your shed? And the, uh, he said, are you going to make something out of it? And the sculptor said, no, I'm not going to make anything out of it. I'm going to set something free that lives inside it. And he said, uh, you're going to set something free? He said, yeah. He said, you see that in this block of marble, in this block of rock, there's an angel. There's an angel in there that you can't see. And all I've got to do is to chip away the bits of rock that don't belong to the angel and make sure I don't hit the angel with my chisel. If you come back in a few months' time, you will see the angel. And that's what God was going to do with Joseph. And that's what God wants to do with us. And that will mean at times things that we don't feel particularly comfortable. But God can do, use those things for the good of those who love him, so that they might become like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.